0: this is worship god a podcast of the gospel coalition canada worship god is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for christ-centered worship well hello everybody welcome back to worship god the gospel coalition canada podcast equipping worshipers and worship leaders to love jesus and to serve him and serve the church thanks for being with us today If you are a regular viewer or listener, uh, thank you for your support. And if you're new to this podcast, we want to welcome you. Maybe this is your first time here. Hope you enjoy it. We have a Facebook page, so uh, go and make sure that you like that. We post episodes and clips and questions there. My name is Jody Cross. I am the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. And today I am joined by Pat Sabell. Pat is the worship pastor at Midtown Church in Vancouver, and also I'm joined by Rob Brockman, the associate pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Ontario. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Jody. Good to see you yet again, and Pat and I are wearing plaid, so thanks for getting the memo on that one. Rob, <laughs> next time, wear some plaid. It is, it is winter out here, so, uh, or at least getting there.
1: Yeah, but I'm matching Paul, okay. so I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Well, let's introduce our brother. Uh, today we are very excited to be joined by Paul Balash. He is a worship ministry veteran, having served the Lord in this capacity for more than 30 years. He's a prolific songwriter. Most likely you have sung one or many of his songs, like Open the Eyes of My Heart, or Your Name, or Hosanna, uh, Praises Rising. And uh, most recently, a song that I've come to know and love, that I actually Mm -hmm. listened to on repeat about eight times when I first heard it. Great song, Behold Him. Um, so Paul is in New York City He uh, has been married to Rita for 34 years And they have three kids and three and a half grandchildren So that's fantastic Paul is a humble man, he's a gifted man And he has uh, been called to serve the church He's done that faithfully Paul, welcome to this podcast Thank you, Jody it's sure good to have you with us Hello, brothers Paul, when I think of you being in New York City I kind of feel like you're on the 90th floor of some apartment building Are you like up <laughs> high on the world today? Or are you like closer to the ground?
2: Thirteenth floor. Thirteenth. That's
0: that's high enough.
2: It's high cool. enough. High yeah. enough to hurt yourself. if You uh, <laughs> fell off the terrace.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Didn't didn't you do some vocal warm ups in stairwells or something at one point? I think I remember you seeing doing that. Yes. During COVID.
2: Man, you're good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a uh, if you walk up the stairwell um, to the elevator shaft room where nobody goes. That's where I go practice ministry to the Lord or do my vocal warm-ups. It just kind of smells like oil and grease. And mm. there's these, you know, the, the two elevator shafts are going. and But it's just a quiet, private place. And that's that's mm. hard to find in New York.
0: Well, wow. So, oh.
2: I, again, it's not quiet, but it's private. And I've, I've learned to just get used to that noise and the smell. And I'll open up one of the industrial windows there just to... Get some fresh air, and I've had some sweet times with mm. the Lord there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, just go up there with my guitar so I don't annoy my neighbors, or we're just in a one-bedroom apartment, so it just... Mm.
0: That's cool. Um, you know, that'd be cool. Some guy say, I was, I was really depressed, and I walked into the stairwell, and I hear this angelic sound, and I came to know Jesus, so who knows <laughs> hey, how God will use your, your time. Right. Well, Paul, I, I was so. thinking about when you and I first met each other back in uh, almost 20 years ago. It was 2004 in New Jersey at Old Bridge.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then since then, our paths have crossed in various places. And uh, uh, kind of most recently, you were up in Aurelia, Ontario, and then in Barrie, Ontario, where I live, doing some Christmas concerts. And those were fabulous. So that uh, we're we're so thankful you've traveled all over the place. And thanks for taking the time to be with us today, to join us. And today, what we're really wanting to do is to hear your story and um, to hear your journey and to hear your heart. So we're looking forward to it.
2: Well, thank you. That you know, it is quite interesting. When I don't know if you feel the same way, but um, when when someone says "Tell me your story," there's a part of me maybe growing up in a working class, blue collar community. It's kind of like, all right, enough for you. Don't talk about yourself. We had enough. You know, <laughs> it's a little bit of that in my head. Um, you feel like okay, I get like two minutes to talk about my story, but then it's like let's move on. Mm-hmm, it's funny mm-hmm. even at this age, but I will say. I've had to push back against that intentionally because Scripture says in Revelation, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word Mm -hmm. of their testimony. Mm -hmm. And I may be taking that out of context, but that has helped me to put more value on my testimony, my story. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a testimony or a story. Um, um, Hopefully it involves meeting Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So... um, so, I'll start at the beginning, born just outside of Philadelphia, right across the bridge, Camden, New Jersey, a little working class city, and um, I was raised in a sincere Catholic home. Um, parents would, you know, go to the church basement on a Saturday night dancing, and then they'd go to church on Sunday morning, and uh, we'd have at-home mass, uh, Masses, and... Um, Remember, as a kid, you know, putting on a robe and getting Ritz crackers, and you know, like reciting the 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 liturgy, and um, eventually becoming an altar boy, and of course, Catholic school, the, my experience. So, you know, it wasn't bad. It was a good sort of. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that in general, it was a uh, quite a. Uh, this will date me. Quite a leave-it-to-beaver kind of growing-up experience, <laughs> you know? Just a small, working-class town. A lot, of, a lot of your life revolved around the church. And um, definitely grew up at least with a, an appreciation for God and the mystery of God and a reverence for God, a fear of the Lord, if you will. Um, uh, but um, not, not a uh, relationship, not really a heart connection and so in high school, um, started playing guitar. Uh, started seeing more bands. I got into school and just started. You know, it was the late '70s, so it was kind of smoking pot and all that was just such uh, ubiquitous, you know, kind of at the time. And and just of the people I hung out with were like musician guys who were smoking pot and they were being in bands and all that, and that seemed cool at the time. And. Man, eventually, so we'd practice in our basement, just a bunch of rock bands, my parents with a, a six-foot ceiling basement, and mm. uh um, the house, I'm sure, would shake, you know, just doing Led Zeppelin, and Kansas, and uh, you name it, all the, all the sort of classic bands of the 70s. Um, B3 organ, Marshall amp, you know, full <laughs> drum kit. Nice. Wow. I mean, that's why I'm definitely going to be losing my hearing. Um, <laughs> If I haven't already. So my my adult children tell me I may have already. What? Um, So anyway, yeah, long story short, I thought, man, I graduated high school. I was in a band. These guys were much older than me. They were a killer band. I got the lead guitar role. We had a gig at a a club at the Jersey Shore from May until the end of August. Man, it's like six nights a week from 10 o'clock till four in the morning. That's how late this club was open. So... But man, halfway through that year, in one hand it was like everything I thought it would be. I mean, it was my PA, all my paper out money as a as a kid, man, all that hustle, that sort of like Jersey hustle. I, I put it into buying like a soundcraft mixing board and all the microphones and the PA system. But these guys were into they, they were into some hard drugs, even though they were super talented. But um I was super disillusioned and really um mm. sad and by the end of that summer, man, it was like, uh, man, what's it all about? So I literally, the only thing I knew was on a Sunday morning, I would just make it to like the 12 o'clock mass and I'd hang out on the back pew and I just, it's, uh, and I just feel like the Lord heard my heart, just my searching heart. And, um, because it wasn't long after that, I started running into some people that like read the Bible, and they talked about Jesus like he was real. And Mm. um, that was uh, just all that was just, I was so hungry for that. And I saw something in their, in their eyes, in their life that really was appealing. And so not too long after that, I went to some weekend conference event. And I brought my older brother with me and actually uh, another friend of mine and uh, who had also been into that crazy lifestyle and um, man they were giving their testimonies people were going up there giving these amazing testimonies there was a band playing I heard the gospel just laid out and uh, man I just remember me and my older brother who's like always been a hero of mine and this friend of mine we went up and just gave our hearts to Jesus Mm. Mm. and asked Jesus into our heart and you know, prayed the sinner's prayer and it just was radically changed <laughs> um, came back from that weekend just like completely changed I could give you a couple yeah um, give you a few examples but I just lost all desire for whatever any kind of a drug or this or that um, a girl I was kind of with at the time was like yeah um, probably really shouldn't be together anyway Just a lot of changes happened, and it wasn't because somebody told me to. It was just, like, from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember those innocent days of, like, yeah, but but Jesus. Like, Jesus, he's real. Like, no, no, really. Like, Jesus. I I mean, I know, like, church and all that, but no, for real. Like, and um, the beauty of that innocent Mm. conversion, you know, when I look back is... uh... So I kind of thought I'd have to give up music altogether, and... um, Thankfully, within a few months, I found this AM radio station in Philadelphia that played this music, and it was pretty cool music, and it was about God. And people like Mylon Lefevre and uh, Kelly Willard and Lenny LeBlanc and Twilight Paris. I was like, who are are these people? (laughs) But it was fascinating, and it really gave me hope that, well, maybe you don't have to stop playing music. Maybe there's a way to sort of... Do this. Yeah. What is this? This is amazing. So um, not long after that, probably within a year or two, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, seems like a lot of these people are in Southern California. So and I want to go to a music school, not a college, but there was a lot of commercial music schools like G.I.T., M.I.T., Musician mm-hmm. Institute of Technology. I went to the Grove School of Music, which was like a one year kind of commercial music school, like just how to. How to be a working musician so it kind of took a lot of that self-taught stuff and learned theory and harmony and arranging and all that it was good it was really good and that was a god there's all these little i'm i'm editing myself to keep this (laughs) it's already long but maybe i'll say this have you ever heard of michael o'mardian do you know that name michael Mm, o'mardian he was a producer for christopher cross back in the day and Oh, my gosh. If you if you Google Michael Lamarty Steely Dan. He played with them. And anyway, the first Sunday I'm in California, I drive five days in this little 240 Dotson from New Jersey to California, and I go to Jack Hayford's church. Do you remember Jack Hayford? Yeah, yeah. And I go into this church, 2,000 people. I'm just a single guy in the middle of all these people. And after the worship, he says, well, let's give each one another a greeting. And, so, and I shake this person's hand, and she says, this lady, hi, I'm Stormy. This is my husband, Michael. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I say, oh, hi, I'm Paul. And it's like this 30-second exchange. He goes, oh, what are you doing? I was like, actually, I just got here two days ago, and I was going to go sign up for a music school at GIT, and he goes, oh, yeah, you, you ought to check out uh, Grove School of Music. It's a little bit more legit, you know. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, hey, well, thanks. Nice meeting you guys. That's it. So it wasn't it wasn't until like a few months later, you're, I'm in a Christian bookstore, and you see all these books like Stormy Omardian on prayer, mm-hmm. Stormy <laughs> Omardian on fasting. I'm like, hey, that's that lady. And then of course her husband Michael was a big time producer, so. Just that's the hand of God. Within within mm. two weeks, I just went to some church like uh, potluck dinner thing, and I met Kelly Willard. Mm. I didn't even know. Just this guy named he guy came up. He had a a thing, uh, just a name tag. It said Dan. Oh hi Dan, how you doing? I'm what a nice guy. We're talking for twenty minutes. Then this girl Kelly comes over. Oh this is my wife Kelly. Oh you're Kelly Willard. Oh man, I've heard you on the radio in Philadelphia. That's crazy. Nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they're saying, hey, come on down to our place, you know, when you can on weekends or um, when, you, when you're when you able to. So I started going down there on weekends. And this is relevant because if there is a principle here for anyone listening um, that's involved in ministry, what I didn't realize it at the time. But just being around someone who was married, who was in ministry, they had small children. And when I would go to their house, I just sort of looked around for stuff to do. Like, uh, hey, you guys got a lawnmower? Want me to mow the lawn? You guys, it seems like it's getting long. Would that help? Oh, yeah, all right, cool. Or after a dinner, I'd be like, you know, do washing their dishes, putting them away, just trying to be a help. Hey, you know, holding the, one of their babies while they're taking care of some other situation, you know. And, um, you know, then then she would say, oh, I'm, I'm recording something for... Uh, uh, A praise out for Maranatha music or vineyard, you know, if you want to come with me and come hang out. Oh, amazing. Yeah, sure. So hang out in a studio while Kelly would sing this song for like a vineyard or Maranatha. And you'd kind of hear it, you know, six months later, like, hey, how about that? So just to be around a couple and a family that was involved in ministry. uh, Thank God they were just, to me, they were a a healthy, you Mm. know, as, as I've lived More life, I realized how fortunate I was to meet someone like them. And then eventually, then they moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I helped them move. And the second person I got to know was Lenny LeBlanc. Hmm. And Lenny, Lenny and Kelly, just so um, unpretentious, um, not trying to be the big deal, just sincere, authentic worshipers. Um, Not perfect, but, you know, just really uh, authentic and sincere. And I'm so grateful for them how the Lord used Mm. them to encourage me and uh, pull things out of me that I I never saw. Real quick, went back to, uh, eventually made it back to Jersey this whole time. I'm talking to this girl, Rita, who had gotten saved around the same time I did, and I knew her from before, so we're like communicating by phone occasionally, not, not even, it was platonic, Um but there was just a friendship there, and she would she would write these Christian like little ditties on a, a nylon string guitar open tuning and she would sing into a cassette recorder and then <laughs> she'd send me this cassette. So I would played for Lenny, I'd played for Kelly, and they were like, This is a, this is so good. So the first song that Kelly ever I mean that we ever had recorded was a song Rita wrote called I Will Celebrate. And it was just from this little cassette. There she is it in her or else just, you know, I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord, sing mm. to the Lord, new song. So again, just innocent days of just trying to press into God, hanging with people that were pursuing the Lord. Um, maybe if there's another principle to pull out of that, it's like, man, get around people. We all need to be around people that are pursuing God. Mm. Um in an authentic way and also yeah and you you're gonna come across some some crazies and some weirdos and all you know just don't let that hang you up don't don't let that mess you up just kind of you know people are people oh.
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um everybody's at a different stage right so sometimes you'll meet someone that maybe they're in like the second grade of their walk in the lord and they're acting like a second grader if you will mm-hmm. you know you can't expect them to act like an adult a full mature uh, Um, per se so anyhow Mm. yeah just don't be distracted by um, some of the stuff you'll you come across keep your eyes on the Lord stay around people that seem kind of healthy in their walk with the Lord Mm. and that will affect your walk with him so long story short uh, we went down then Kelly moved to Texas to work with Melody Green at Last Days Ministries she kept saying, you guys should come down here. You got you and Paul should come down here. Oh, so we got married, Rita and I. So I went back to Jersey. We got married. I was just going to hang out there and uh, build a life. And they kept saying, you guys should come down and we'll tour. And we'll do this and we'll do that. You can play guitar and Rita will sing. And we're like, oh, all right, great. So we loaded up our Ford Escort and we went down there. <laughs> and uh, of course, that didn't go over real big with her father, like a Philadelphia Business guy, truck driver. Jeez, Paul, what kind of life is that? She's going around the country <laughs> singing Christian music like a bunch of gypsies. Oh man! And I'm like, I, I know, Pop, I know. What's it yeah. called? Last Days Ministries for crying out loud! What is that? <laughs> We're like, it's like a tech. It's com like a commune like that. David Koresh thing? Geez, oh, God, what are you doing here? I'm like, I know, Pop. Listen, trust me, you know. Yeah. So we moved down there. We lived at Last Days Ministries in one of the little trailers there, um, little mobile home. Well, it was a motor home at first, Melody's motor, old motor home. And then, oh, a mobile home opened up, and we just hung there, and we learned to serve. And again, instead of touring and all that, really what happened is Kelly and Dan would do these fly dates, ministry dates, and Reed and I would stay home, we'd watch their kids, and I'd mow their three acres, mow the lawn, and just work on the ranch. We'd have our meals in common at Last Days Ministries. Melody was writing the book, No Compromise, and I just have I- images of her walking past our trailer to Dan and Kelly's with like, a just reams, because she was writing it by hand. You know, this was like, mm. kind of just, it sounds so old for me to say this, but like, <laughs> the 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 first little Apple computer had just come out like that cool little thing you would put the square disc in you know so Melody mm-hmm. was writing this book No Compromise by hand and anyhow yeah so little did we know bottom line real fast so fast forward hanging out there the local church the community church there's a big Youth with a Mission YWAM based there there is a uh, uh Oh, gosh. World Challenge, which is David Wilkerson, you know, the cross and the switchblade, David Wilkerson. Well, his world headquarters was right there in Lindale, this little town. David was the first one there. He went down, bought like 2,000 acres because it was so cheap. Hmm. And then he he taught Keith Green the coming out. And so that was the last days. They had a couple hundred acres and youth with a mission. Um and, if, and other some other ministries that you may not have heard of. But the point being, we all met on Sunday mornings at this sort of informal gathering. It was just like uh, the worship. It was kind of started by Keith Green. And, and actually, Leonard Ravenhill would show up and preach sometimes. You ever heard of Leonard Ravenhill, by any chance? Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I just started playing guitar in this band. Band. I mean, sometimes it was just the pastor, like leading worship, and I'd play guitar. There was a keyboard player from a group called Harvest, and uh, they were he was great. So we became dear friends, and after a few months, the pastor one time put me on the spot and said, Paul, why not, after a sermon, Paul, why don't you come lead us in a few songs? We're just going to have a time of prayer, those that need prayer, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. That It was so casual for him, but for me, I was freaking out. <laughs> because up till that time I was really just a guitar player for this person for that person maybe a background vocal here and there but like to lead that wasn't something I really did and um, I guess it wasn't terrible but yeah you know second chapter of Acts like Matthew Ward there's Dallas Home there's like I mean these were like the casting crowns of the Mm -hmm. day (laughs) or you know the the switch foot of the day or whatever Mm -hmm. they were You know, just some names, if you will. But they were, you know, afterwards, they were encouraging, but it was just an odd place, Uh, but a wonderfully odd place in that um, it was not super structured, and I had the opportunity to make a lot of mistakes. Mm. Um, That's such a key. Again, another thing, if you want to pull that out, anybody listening, if you're a senior pastor and you feel like you found somebody in their early 20s or something, you're like set them up for success and give them room to like, whoops whoops, they didn't quite make that transition right or oh, that was like kind of an awkward opening or that was that modulation didn't quite work, you know, just it that's the only way you're going to grow mm. is you're going to make mistakes mm. so I'm just thankful thankful that um, for the most part the environment was um, supportive and mm. um, so Little did we know we'd lived there 26 years. So in that same church, went through three pastors, uh, went through a couple church splits. Um, it's you know non-denominational in that you've got people coming to these like Mercy Ship schools or Last Days or YWAM. Their background is every possible background you could think of, You know every denomination. So it was a good sort of melting pot of denominations, generations, And um, I just learned a lot, you know, I I learned to respect kind of where people are at, not trying to make people do something or behave a certain way or um, worship or a certain way, but just to sort of give people room and some freedom to express their worship, but to continue to encourage and challenge them to, to biblical worship. So Psalm 95, oftentimes be like, all right, guys, let's, let's look at this. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Okay, well, we're going to do that. It's verse two, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Maybe we'll do that today. Maybe we won't, but just know that that's okay. We Sometimes we just lift a shout. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let us come before Him with thanksgiving and, and extol Him with music and song. That's why we're doing this. See, this that's why we do music, all right? And let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Maybe this morning there'll be a time, or maybe this month there'll be a moment where you feel led to just get on a knee or get on both knees if you're able to. And uh, I may invite you to do that at times, um, but if you can't, then that's fine. But mm-hmm. we we want to express we want to explore every biblical option we have in our worship to God. And that became mm. sort of our banner, our, mm. our paradigm, our whatever, our, our motto is we want to explore every biblical option that there is. Now, we're not going to make you do anything, but we are going to look at that scripture, get it into our eyes, into the heart. And, okay, if you feel free to lift a hand, let's just go ahead and do that together. Lord, we just lift our hand to you. We reach out to you this morning. You know, that kind of thing. Or, hey, if you feel free to, let's put our hands together and applaud the Lord. Let's just see what that feels like. And those, I remember the early years, just Hmm. almost like we were learning together. And I would just, I'd give people an out. Maybe, you know, maybe for some people you disagree with that. But I just want, hey, if you feel free, that was like, you can steal that from me. I'd say, "Have you feel free to just go ahead and let's 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 do what the Bible says and let's applaud the Lord. Let's clap our hands. Let's applaud him, you know." And then I may give a word a word picture, like you know, if somebody um, we respect walked in here, if uh, I don't know, Paul McCartney of the Beatles, you know, all of a sudden was going to visit our church this morning, we would probably, out of respect, hey, Paul McCartney, hey, wow, great. Or whoever fill in the blank, whoever someone that you may respect, we're talking about Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Creator, mm. Savior. Let let's let's stand and let's applaud him. He is worthy. Mm. Let's do. Let's try that together. Mm. So that would be another thing I would say. So hey, let's try that together. Mm. These are just little things to sort of get folks without manipulating, not trying to uh, passive aggressive, but just with a healthy respect just trying to like hey let, let's lean in a little bit more let, let's we've been into the water up to our ankles let's take a few steps out up to our knees oh mm. uh, that was great now maybe next week we'll go up to our waist maybe next month you mm. know we'll just let's just keep going deeper into who God is mm. and our expression of, of how we worship Him wow I'm I want to apologize I'm talking so much here <laughs> no, but no good. Problem, man. you asked for it
0: <laughs> Paul, you and I and Pat are uh, pretty much the same vintage. So as you're telling your story, I am oh, man. reliving those days too. Uh, you know, I was kind of in my 20s the same time you were. And, yeah. and all those people you talked about were people I listened to. Um, and uh, such a freshness and such a, just a move of God in such simple and powerful ways. Mm. So that's pretty mm, exciting. Thank you for, for that story.
1: Surely. Yeah. Surely. Well, yeah, something that I, I noticed, Paul, about your story is there's a deep heritage and deep heritage of pastoral ministry behind you as a songwriter and as you're writing songs for the church and you can tell that in your music there is a sense in which yeah you've got your eyes on the congregate it's like almost like I picture you writing and you're thinking about the congregation and all these songs that you're writing Mm -hmm. and um and I'm wondering like and that seems to that that bled into this after well, how many twenty six years of being a worship pastor at that church twenty yeah. six yeah 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 led led you now into this it's like you didn't stop there you kind of shifted towards you know discipleship and and you know kind of being the pastor to worship pastors and you've recorded DVDs and videos and all this stuff you've never stopped pastoring I'm I'm wondering like what led you become to, to become so focused on leadership development, even after stopping, you know, working officially yeah. in a church? What, what, why, why is that in your DNA?
2: Um, good question. Um, I guess, you know, we stayed at the church because we felt like these are the people we've chosen to do life with. Mm-hmm. So this is our spiritual family. And that's how I looked at the local church was this is not a job, a position, a career. I mean, if I told you what I what I got paid after 25 years, you'd be shocked. But the Lord sure. provided through other means. You know, this is kind of a YWAM church. And uh, mm-hmm. half of our congregation, they were living on support pretty much, you know, because mm-hmm. they were... This couple's going off to this country to for six months to do itinerant this ministry or that. It was very missions-minded, but so because of that, I think there was that feeling of being like an aunt or an uncle, you know, mm. of of some of the younger believers. And then there was it was being multi-generational. There was older men and women who we respected, who we were gleaning from, as it should be, as as a as a, mm. as a healthy. Local church should be that multi-generational experience where there are grandparents, there's parents, there's single people, children, uh, it's family. Uh, you, you go through tragedies with people, you cry with people, you, you go to hospitals and you, you're by bedsides and you sing a few songs and you pray and you ask in faith and, you know, and, uh, yeah, and then there's other times you rejoice with people having babies or getting married or you know just victories in people's lives and celebrating those things and mm. um, and funerals and uh, just life, man, doing life. Yeah. So it was never in my mind like a leadership thing. So and I guess so. And as I would be, as I was asked to do some itinerant things, as in like. Started with YWAM. Hey, can you come? We're doing a school of worship. Will you come and give guitar lessons and do this and do it? yeah, yeah, sure. Like I was just learning myself, um, mm-hmm. but it started to become this. Which years later I realized that scripture where Paul says to Timothy, "Hey, these things that I've taught you, I've instructed. I want you to turn around and entrust those things to other faithful men and women." Mm-hmm. That's a paraphrase, but. Uh, just that that spirit of taking what you've learned and then turning and find whosoever. Like, hey, here's some things I've learned. Here's some mistakes I've made. Why don't you try this? Hey, and uh, then that evolved into, hey, why don't we record some of this with a video camera and maybe talk about, you know, how not to do it and then demonstrate how to do it and kind of say, hey, why don't you guys try that with your team and see if that makes sense? And Mm -hmm. that sort of began over time, sort of that, um, the whole DVD, or even before that VHS <laughs> the video. But just the idea of like, maybe this will help someone. You know, that was really the, let's just do this. Let's record this, and maybe whosoever. Um,
1: I do remember so. you had this one, because your, your DVDs were my bread and butter. Like, I didn't have a worship pastor, and so I learned from your DVDs, and I've studied hmm. those often, and I remember. And it just happened... In this moment, you were talking about these people and in the, in the video, you get emotional and you're just like, oh, when you just think about your people and you think mm-hmm. about what they're going through, it changes the way you build your set list. And I yeah. remember that sticking out to me. And I, and I was wondering also about that pastoral tenderness that you have. When you, when you, like how do you, how would you encourage people to grow in that pastoral tenderness that's led you to care for people and disciple people? How would you, how do you foster that? because I think a lot of worship guys just get annoyed at their people because they're not singing loud enough or they're not clapping or whatever how do you facilitate that
2: Um, I mean I'm not trying to be Mr. Spiritual I'm I'm just telling you things sure I've had many times where I would be annoyed at, at them you know in general like hey they're not singing enough they're not doing enough of this you know I'm wanting something from them But one of the things we would do these old fashioned church directories. You remember those like once a year, these like terrible pictures of your family. Hey, this Sunday after church, we're going to take our pictures for the. And, you know, some of them looking back were just like, oh, gosh, they're like our worst family pictures. However, I would often during the week, I'd have it on my desk and I would just like turn and just go through those pages. And I would think about the names. I'd look at their faces and I would ask, do I know a little bit of their story? Do I know, do I, have I ever even said hi to them? And uh, so, you know, the idea of trying to get them, these are people committed to our church, coming on a weekly basis. Um, you know, I'm supposed supposedly a, a pastor. Um, so just the idea of like praying for them, not that I would be, you know, on my knees praying for one family all night long—or, but just the idea of keeping them in my mind as I would prepare the set list or even, you're right, it did leak out. When I would be writing a song, at some point in the song, I would think, well, wait, is this something I could picture our people singing, like the fifth row, the tenth row? Is this something I could picture them, yeah, you know, different generations, like singing along with, or is like, am I trying to do something too cool? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that would prevent me from like, yeah, all my music friends would dig that, but, you know, I think that'll be a distraction for most people. So let's just bring it Mm -hmm. right here. This is going to feel better. And my music friends will, won't be as impressed, but I think it will serve the church. It will help them mm. worship God. Mm. So how do you build the tenderness? I would just say, you know, just praying for them. Um, if it, Seeing it not as like a gig. Now for some people watching, maybe this is temporary and you already feel like God's going to move you. <laughs> but while you are where you are, ask God to give you a heart for the people you serve see them as individual people look at their faces think about do i know a little bit about their story and i think once you know a little bit about their story man you can't help but, um you know you just go wow i can't believe they made it through that situation like that they went through or i can't believe this widow who's showing up in the second row (coughs) after three years of what she just went through with her husband finally you know the terminal cancer or whatever it is, right? Just Mm -hmm. so many difficulties. And I just, um, that would really affect me when I'd stand up there and look around before we begin. Good morning. Hey, good morning, church. And uh, just seeing faces, not like the countdown clock, three, two, one. Hey, what's (laughs) up, church? You guys ready to worship? You know, just (laughs) that sort of, no, man, Sunday morning should just feel like a big living room, no matter Mm. how big your church is. And you're just like Uncle Paul or whatever your name is, fill in the blank, your aunt so-and-so, and and have that sort of, think of your favorite aunt or uncle. When they saw you, they were like, hey, how are you doing? You know, like that sort of attitude. You felt like they cared, Hmm. that you were loved. Um, How's your, you know, so I just felt like that's an important thing. I would remind our band, when you pass people in the hallway, especially teenagers, get to know their names. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Hey, uh. You're tennis, right? Tennis guy? You're like a junior. I heard you're pretty good, right? How's it how's it going? How's uh what's it you know, just being that kind of a <coughs> caring about people. And then mm. so I think that just leaks out and it'll it'll affect the way you lead mm. worship. That's excellent.
3: Paul, yeah. Um, yeah, first off just thank you, brother, for the songs you've written. Um, you're talking about your pastoral heart. And I feel like so many of your songs, um, you know, when 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 we sing them, there's something of that heart, your your deep affection for Christ. I mean, just just being on this podcast with you and hearing your heart um, is is just a joy. Last night I was sitting with one of my sons who's 33, and he's uh, he's one of my favorite worship leaders, and we we started talking about the song "What Can I Do." Uh, Mm -hmm. and he was just saying dad we we need to pull that song back in he goes that that song is timeless like it it's just a great song Mm -hmm. um you know uh you gave your life away I don't know how many times I've just encountered Jesus in a Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way or uh offering you know just my Mm -hmm. you know my life's an offering um just yeah so many songs and um yeah, thank you, thank you on behalf of of my family and and me personally. I told the guys when we were starting today, I said I, I am definitely I have a man crush on Paul Balosh. Uh, I've, I've I, I, I I've I've purchased anything and everything you've ever done. Um, I don't know, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, I was at Andrew Marcus's house and and we were writing a song together, and then he FaceTimed you in or something and and okay. uh, I was like yeah I can't believe I'm in 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 a living room where Paul Balazs is on oh it. man anytime, but anyways Pat, hey anytime. Um, I, I just wanted to like just thinking about that pastoral thing and that whole um you know your love for Jesus and there's there's all these young people coming up and uh, mad chops and being musicians and and there's just some real amazing gifting um, but then we're in a season two where we hear all the stuff about deconstructing and you know, but here's a guy. I'm, I'm looking at a guy right now that's just been faithful for all these years and uh, and like my heart just gets so affected by that. And when I think of the next generation and and that's that's so much of my heart as well. How do I, you know, I'm definitely playing the back nine. I'm 56 years old. Uh, And and I just want to spend the rest of my ministry days training guys and seeing guys and gals, uh, you know, become a Paul Belash and for the next however many years the Lord would give them they would be able to stand before him one day and say, I fought a good fight, and here, mm-hmm. well done. Uh, what would you say to that young gal or that young guy that's that's just starting out right now, if, if you if you had a couple minutes to say, hey, yeah. I, I would wanna look them in the eyes and just say, this is what's what's kept me all these years, just loving Jesus. I mean, you come yeah. across to me as a guy who loves Jesus now more than you did 10 years ago, or. 15 years ago and uh and that's that's a wonderful thing so what would you say to that young gal that young guy uh that that's maybe just you know picked up the guitar and he's he's leading on sunday mornings uh just trying to figure it all out but here's Mm. a here's a guy that's just done this and he's been faithful for all these years Mm. what how would you encourage them
2: interesting the first thing that comes to mind well first of all thank you pat encouraged by all the things you said uh, before that, real encouraging. Thank you, God, uh, for for the opportunities um, to, yeah, be part of those things that encouraged you. Um, what would I say? The first thing that comes to mind is find people who are a little bit older than you in your church, ideally who you respect spiritually. There's something about their life that seems healthy. And, and find a way to get around them. Don't be a pain in the neck, but you know, respect them. But maybe there's a way to hang with them. Uh, oh, they go to the prayer meetings on Thursday night. Go to the prayer meeting on Thursday night. Mm. Listen to them pray, like get around some older, more mature believers who you respect. And there might be some that you're turned off by. Mm. And it does hurt my soul that, yeah, the deconstruction thing. Mm. Um, it just strikes me as people that have been hurt and wounded, and they instead of just recognizing that people have hurt you, certain people and not God, not Jesus, but mm-hmm. you know people you will be hurt by people if you 're in relationship with people, there will come a time where like you're disappointed you're let down you're disillusioned yeah. disillusion is not always terrible sometimes right. we're we are we're living under this illusion of how ministry should be. And sometimes we need a little bit of a disillusion and a, the bottom line of just loving God and loving people. Mm. When Jesus had to summarize it
0: hmm.
2: for, for his critics even and uh, for even the Pharisees, you know, he basically is, it was like basically, you know all the commandments, you know them all, but basically they can be summed up with love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor hmm. as yourself. Well, let's start practicing on the people in our church. Practice first of all in your family. Mm-hmm. practice. It's easy to say, oh, I love the world. I love everyone. I'm a Christian. Well, okay, great. Well, but let's start practicing, Right. even picking up your cross daily, meaning you don't always get your way, meaning sometimes you humble yourself, meaning you just mm-hmm. sometimes, ouch, that kind of hurts a little bit, but let me take that back to the Lord and process that through his grace and just make sure I don't like hold on to that hurt. Um, so practice loving people, and practice in your church so i again i would say find some of those um think of if you're a female find a woman or two or three that there's just something about their life that you're inspired by maybe tell them that at some point you know catch them in a moment in church in the hallway and say excuse me when you have a second i just, I just want to say i'm just so i see the way you are with your children or the way da." da, da. And I, if there's anything i i just love to spend time but i don't want to be a pain in the neck i could come to your house and help out with chores sometimes or and grab a coffee with you if that would help or just anything but i just there's things i would just like to learn about so Mm, and i'm pretty sure everybody listening to this right now can think of at least two or three people that you're like "Uh uh-huh yeah man Mm -hmm. i can think of a guy right now Uh uh-huh there's something about their life and uh Yeah, so I would say you want to stay around people that are pursuing God. You don't want to get around complainers and cynics Mm -hmm. and people that just are always complaining about this or the church Mm -hmm. or that and this isn't good enough. And those people end up going nowhere.
1: Right.
2: You know, they're real good at tearing things down. Very few of them ever actually build anything, Mm -hmm. if you notice. Yeah. So I'm still waiting for (laughs) the construction part. All right, a lot of deconstruction. Please construct something that's healthy and like that's amazing. Then maybe maybe you'll have my ear. You'll catch my eye. But so far, I just see a lot of complaining Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) victimhood and feeling sorry for ourselves and pity parties. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not the gospel. The gospel is to forgive the Lord's Prayer. God, help me forgive those who have sinned against me You know, forgive me of my sins, Lord, to the same degree that I forgive Mm -hmm. those who have sinned against me. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the Jesus prayer. Are we ready to Mm -hmm. pray that and mean it? You know, we got to learn to forgive and let go and move on, man.
0: Paul, I wish we had uh, hours with you and we respect your time and, and thank you for carving this time out of your schedule for us. We're really grateful for, for that. And I'm so encouraged as I hear your story, because I, I hear your faithfulness over a lot of seasons, a lot of chapters, lots of ups and downs, and you're you're a very gracious man. I know you've probably had lots of bumps on your journey, as we all have, sure. uh, but you are still focused on Jesus but beyond your faithfulness is the God who's faithful to you. And as you talked to us about, you know, your dad's in two forty and all God's particular providential uh, moments in your life meeting people and landing you in different places, uh, he, it's Him who's been behind your story. Mm. So Amen. we're encouraged by your story, but we're even mm. more praising and rejoicing in God mm. who's been behind you. And uh, you're not done and, not done, and he's not done. And he's not done with all of us. So, I just want to Amen. thank you on behalf of uh, my brothers here and of those who are listening for your faithful journey. And we pray God's blessings on you and in whatever new adventures God has for you in, Amen. in uh, 2022. Amen. Well, thanks everybody for watching today and for uh, listening in. Uh, God bless you in your ministries. And again, thanks, co hosts. And thanks, uh, Brother Paul Balash. We'll look forward to seeing you guys again. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ Exalting resources, go to CA. TheGospelCoalition.org. the